Welcome everyone to the Louisiana Delta Crop Report podcast. Okay, hello, this is Dennis Myers talking to you today. We're on the Louisiana Crop Delta Crop Report podcast. And I want to welcome today my guest, Dr. Daniel Stevenson. He's a state extension weed specialist for the LSU Ag Center. He's going to talk about with us today about burn down and other weed control situations we get into with this wet spring we're having. Hello, Daniel. Hey, Dennis. How are you today? I'm good. Kind of, well, we're sitting here in a parking lot in Concordia Parish. It's raining as we speak, so it's another <laughs> another beautiful day of rain. You know, uh, I know you were supposed to go to East Carroll today, and it's raining up there. They couldn't get off field. Yep. I mean, we've, we're looking at some things. It's already, today's March the 11th. Uh, people are worried about planting corn, so, you know, it's warm. It was 70 degrees yesterday. Tell me something about finishing up burn down with all this wet weather. What What do you think? Oh, man, guys right now are really in a pickle, to be honest with you. A lot of the burn down that they had done went out in January, which is customary for us when you're getting ready to plant corn. You, right now, I would bet that a huge chunk of the corn in Louisiana would have already been planted if we were dry. Mm-hmm. So the burn downs that had gone out back then um, were right timing for corn. But... Uh, you know, the cold weather we had, the wet weather we've had, it kind of inhibited some growth of these weeds. But as you pointed out, these warm days, plenty of moisture um, is reblooming. Because a lot of growers will use, say, a, a glyphosate product in 2,4-D, and they'll throw in some Valor or some lead-off or some gold, some sort of residual in there with the burn down in January. And if the fields had a lot of biomass on them, those... Mm-hmm those treatments were really nothing more than foliar. If they didn't hit mm-hmm. the dirt, they didn't get residual. Thus, you're getting this bloom, bloom out we have. What they're going to have to do now to tackle this bloom, reblooming of weeds, is another burn down. Mm-hmm. It all depends on what they're going to plant. If they're going to plant corn, then they're looking at a periquat sharpen type thing. Is that is that going out behind the planter or ahead of the planter? Or? I would, you know, you kind of want to get out there ahead of the planter. It all depends on what the uh how much density of the biomass the green weeds they have out there because corn is very very sensitive to early season competition as it's spiking you know mm-hmm. if there's any kind of live and biomass out there that can really affect its growth um, it, it affects it all season long what about can they add their atrazine and dual to absolutely. this to absolutely this concoction that they're going to put out there and put it all out like say two days before planting yeah when they well the one thing that they got to look at dennis is is the is the soil completely covered with re-emergence of weeds so they don't see much bare dirt out there mm-hmm. if they add atrazine and dual into that say with paraquat then it's going to hit that leaf material and it's done if it doesn't get to the soil they don't get residual activity out of it so we go back to what we just, you asked me the question should we do it behind the plant or do it before I'd say try to get it killed as quickly as you can, get it down, and then you got some bare dirt showing. Because mm-hmm. what's going to happen with corn? If we continue at March 11th and we continue to delay planting corn, but we are going to plant corn. Corn's going yeah. in the ground. It don't make a dang if it's April 15th. Corn's going in the ground. Yeah. When they need to spray the herbicide in crop, Honestly, and we're kind of getting off subject here, but we were talking about, but it's important to to tell the guys this. The longer you delay spraying or planting corn, the earlier you need to put out your first in-crop herbicide application. Mm -hmm. 
We're used to planting the first time in March. It doesn't matter whether you put the herbicide out behind the planter or you put it out at 12-inch corn, mm -hmm. post-emergence. But as you delay, you need to move it toward really pre. So if you if we get into later March, get into April with corn, it's going to be a must that we put our atrazine and dual out behind the planter. Well, that's that was another thing I was thinking when we were talking about the warm, wet weather and uh, I mean, it was 70 degrees yesterday, and, and it's supposed to be warm this week, basically, with a lot more rain. I mean, I think we're looking at the forecast. We're pretty much out all this week, and yep. raining today here. Uh, what about spring weeds, pigweed being number one coming up? April's, April's when we really got to start worrying about those. That's kind of what I've seen. Yeah, but I got, azale I got azaleas blooming in my yard early this year, you know? got other things blooming early well that's true things will come up um one of the reasons why we have not had well herbicides work so well in corn mm -hmm. is that post-emergence application typically would occur in the first of april and that's when mm -hmm. all the weeds the morning glories the tea weeds the sickle pods the pig weeds are all you know half inch in size and all herbicides look great but as we come into a cotton or a soybean acre, mm -hmm. that's where we do have to lay down a residual okay. for the pigweeds, particularly if you have resistance. So, Valor's 30 days prior to planting cotton. You got to start thinking about that. Well, um, see, that's 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 another thing because I mean, this is March the 11th. Soybeans will people start thinking about soybeans for us up here. We look in the end of March mm -hmm. if the weather's good. First of April for sure. Mm -hmm. Now, cotton will be mid to late April, but uh, depends on the weather too. If it's not good and warm, we'll plant cotton earlier. So we're definitely within the 30 days. I mean, that's gonna restrict what we, our choices, isn't it? Well, yeah. Um, this weather's restricting the choices for everything. Well, yeah. You know, you may need to burn down now, but in weather such as this, you can't. I mean, cause it's raining. Um, so what we're working into is we're working away from a glyphosate 2,4-D overall base burn yeah. down. We're honestly moving into more of a paraquat with something in it. So if it's corn, paraquat, atrazine. If it's cotton, paraquat, diuron or cotteran. If it's um, soybeans, paraquat, metribuzin. Because those metribuzin, diuron, and, and cotteran and um, atrazine all kind of they all kill the same way mm -hmm. when linked together with paraquat they both get stronger okay so that's what we're moving towards and that's not the best scenario yeah that's not the best but um what, what are you gonna do well i mean it's just the weather is just dictating and it's, it's just it's rough yeah all right okay well this goes into with this wet weather we've had of course we've got areas that have ruts from last year mm -hmm. i mean they've got anywhere from little tracks to uh, knee-deep ruts yep. in fields yep. and those fields where they haven't done anything because they kind of were holding off on burn down because they were going to have to disc them all up sure. and till them and do tillage and all that and understand that they were, but now those those fields look like your yard out there. They're, I mean, they're they're just as green as they can be. Mm -hmm. The weeds are getting big. Do they water? I mean, is is a chemical treatment an option now? Do they need to do it, or if they're gonna have to do all this tillage. One of the rules that when I talk to guys about 
tillage or killing weeds prior to, I say, look, do you think the amount of biomass that's out there will affect your ability to till that field? Okay. Are you, are you going to disc it multiple times to kill that weed? A lot of times I say, no, I'm just going to try to hit it once. Mm -hmm. And maybe I'll work where the rut is. I'll do a lot more work, but that's just a confined yeah. area of the field. Then I tell them you better kill, the, kill it first. You know, particularly if they're just going to work a little area and mm -hmm. then just re-hit. Well, yeah. all hipping does is kind of transplant from yeah. one spot to the other. Then we need to kill that vegetation. Now, if they intend to just work the work the moisture out of the field, yeah. then um, quote unquote, then they need to uh, they need they don't need to do it. No. So it's not you just can't say standard. You're going to have to look at every field and how much tillage right. you're going to have to That's do. Right. I've, I know I've looked at fields that had just tracks in them and with and they wanted to plant corn and my suggestion was either plant it no-till just fall in there and plant it or at the most take a do-all and just lightly knock that crown that little bit of row which they don't have a row sure. left from last year just to smooth it enough to take the tracks out if that's you know if that's a problem they need but with corn you're going to plant two inches deep i really and you're not flying through the field so i really don't see that as being an issue but uh, that's so it's going to go back to it's a field by field basis on some of these real bad fields. You just have to disc it two or three times. So there's no need. Yeah, if, if you're if you're going to cut that field to, that will destroy that vegetation, there's no reason. The biggest thing I got to remember about any tillage: don't use a residual. Don't let somebody talk you in to putting your valor or gold or lead off something that you that you think can provide you residual control. Because once you break that soil, you wasted that money. Okay. And you might as well go ahead and write that, write a check for Dennis for this podcast if you're going to do that because that's just wasting money. <laughs> All right. Okay. Now, and and when I was coming down here today to meet you, uh, I was past a field of beans still standing from last year. <laughs> and there's, I know Concordia, Catahoula had a pretty good bit. There's a bunch further, of course, further south in South Louisiana, Central Louisiana. Uh, what about those beans? I mean, I looked at some beans last year that were probably 60-plus bushel beans. I mean, I know that, you know, a lot of the said they were all damaged, but I mean, I don't know what the viability is going to be. It could I, be I, good. I know some of them are going to come up. Absolutely. And they're a, at least Roundup, maybe dicamba resistant, yes. you know, or tolerant. So, I mean, what are we going to do? All right. Um, let's just talk as if 80% of them come up. So, this is a terrible situation. Um, and and then they're not dicamba. They were not extend soybeans last mm -hmm. year. So they were a, a Roundup Ready or a Liberty Link type soybean. Um, my advice in that situation then is to plant a, uh, an extend soybean. Okay. Because dicamba will annihilate them. If you if di dicamba in crop, it, it will annihilate them. If you can catch them prior to emergence, dicamba will annihilate them because the paraquats the sharpens even liberty um six out of ten times you may kill that bean mm -hmm. and i'm talking you know unifoliate to one trifoliate small small yeah. beans um but there's times where it doesn't work if those beans get any kind of size on them so two trifoliates to three trifoliates killing them with paraquat is dang near impossible so Dicamba, extend beans if the, if the standing crop, the old crop, was not. Now, if you have extend soybeans in that field, and that is what's going to happen, 
when it rains. So the emergence, you have a flush of extend soybeans. Um, then honestly, good, Austin, good is we're looking at tillage and we're looking at Paraquat and Sharpen, or we're looking at planting some Liberty and hitting them multiple times with Liberty, which is expensive. Um, so that's going to be a tougher, that's going to be a tougher road to hoe mm-hmm. up there. So it's going to require timing. As soon as you see those beans starting to emerge, a lot of times if they're you coming, because it's not going to be deep in the soil, you can go through and you can run a do-all and just destroy them. Mm-hmm. That'd be a good a good plan. Um, if you don't want to do that, you just want to use a herbicide. As soon as you see them come up and they're small, got a, a unifolding on it, hit them with, with Paraquat. Okay. And um, rates will kind of vary. Well, and it's, it's you know, there's a lot of bean, there's a lot of fields. Of course, there were a lot of fields that were worked. They got to work them, at least run over them, like with the vertical till or something last sure. year to destroy them. And, and I don't know how many of those seed are going to be viable. I think probably the ones went in the soil, maybe they've got more viability than the ones that set all winter in the rain and rotted. I, I don't think anybody knows. Nobody knows. But that's, that's what's scary yeah. and fun at the same time. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and really, I, I looked at one field that the beans were standing, and I'm thinking, you know, if you wanted to plant corn, you could put the atrazine down. Just mm-hmm. plant the corn in the standing beans, put the atrazine down. And that should keep the beans from coming Absolutely. up. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, there were no ruts in this field. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a good point, Dennis. If, if you're planting corn in the standing beans or they've been rolled or been you know, vertical tilled down, um, you've got some very good tools to control soybeans and corn. That, that won't be an issue. Atrazine's very good. The the Calisto that's in Halix GT um, or that's in Lexar, death the soybeans. So we've got some really good tools. The scary part is if we try to plant beans behind the standing beans. Mm-hmm. Even in cotton. Yeah. You know, no, people don't talk about it. You don't hear about it anymore, but Invoke yeah. in cotton mm-hmm. is, will annihilate soybeans. Okay. So it's not it's not as potentially, as potentially as big a disaster as we think it could be. With you got 60 bushel beans and you know, a 60 bushel planting rate would get a lot of, that'd be a pretty good ground cover. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it would. The The biggest part's going to be if they, if the farmer allows them to get to two to four trifoliates and they're extend beans and they want to plant extend beans back and they've got to use a, a burner, a paraquat. Yeah. That's where it could be a okay. lot of trouble. All right. Um, always got to touch on resistance. I know, well, you were on your way today to look at potential resistance in some fields and uh what what about what about resistance are we got anything new coming out or is it i mean is anything any new weeds that are showing up resistant i know it's not new weeds it's ones we know about being you know um palm amaranth and and water hemp um not in in the four parishes we're kind of talking about here Mm -hmm. but in a parish West Carroll, Morehouse, to where um, we've had some suspected that the PPOs, meaning Reflex, Cobra, Blazer, those type herbicides, are failing. Mm-hmm. So we have some samples now that we're trying to screen to determine if there is resistance, which that's kind of what's going on in Arkansas over the past couple of years. The, the next one is Italian ryegrass, which is the reason I was going up to East Carroll today, where Clethodan, which is numerous trade names but trade name is most popular select um has not performed as expected mm-hmm. and you know 
Louisiana has always kind of been behind Mississippi and Arkansas as far as when they get documented because they occur a little bit later. Mm -hmm. So they have confirmed PPA-resistant pigweeds in Arkansas and Mississippi. So you would expect it to eventually show up here. They have confirmed clethenem or select-resistant ryegrass in Mississippi. So you would kind of expect that it would show up here. And so then it's going to take two to three years and it, it occurs. So I'm not saying it is, but I'm not saying it isn't. Here's my point I want guys to know. If you spray a herbicide that you think should have worked and you put it out when the weed was small, a true four inches, size of a, you know, a Coke can or beer can or less, and it has failed, contact your agent, Dennis and RL, have them come look, and then we can come and look, but you need to consider, say, all right, these are resistant. Because if you go in the mindset that they are resistant, then you will do what you have to to remove them, to get them out of the field. If you just say, ah, they may or may not be, the chances of them being there and kicking your butt later in life is too much of a, it's too bad of a consequence. Let's go ahead and get rid of them right now. So assume it's bad. And I know that's a negative way to look at it, but I would rather look at it that way and you remove and you pull two to 10 weeds versus you having to hire a bunch of labor to come and hoe a hundred acres. Okay, well, and that's, I guess that carries over into the resistant weeds of Palmer and all we have now, that if you treat everything like it's resistant, because I know you can have Palmer out in the field and some of them are resistant, some that's of them right. aren't, and you don't know till you spray. That's right. But if you go ahead and treat everything like it's resistant and you keep them all from coming up, mm -hmm. then you don't have a problem. That's where the residual herbicides come in. Okay. Um, all right. Is there any other issues that we need to be aware of as far as weed control coming up for the spring or the summer? Or what The one thing that I want growers to know, particularly you know, in this band here, we do have palm amaranth. And you may not have it on your farm per se. Your neighbor may not have it. But this seed can be transferred with birds. It can be transferred on they can come, you know, going down somebody's in truck by driving through it. So if you see it, pull it. Go don't 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 guess. Don't wonder. Just go get rid of it because we all know what it looks like. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't, call Dennis and RL and we'll get you a picture of it to show you what it looks like. But don't tolerate it. You know, honestly, would you tolerate a bunch of roaches in your house? No, you wouldn't. You'd do something to get rid of it. It's the same principle here. If we practice this zero tolerance right now when you don't have it, hopefully you won't get it, and we won't end up like some of our neighbors to the north of us, to where, you know, up in another state, Arkansas and further north, to where that's all they think about. They design their entire farming program around controlling this one weed, and we're not there yet and I don't want to get there yet. Okay. Well, Daniel, that's that's our time. So I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. Well, and thank we'll, you for having me. And we're going to get back to you later this spring and summer. You may be, we're figuring out how to do this over a phone, so we may just call you in a field and say, this is what I see. Uh, ask you what we need. Just We'll be doing that. But uh, all right, we appreciate it. Thank all you. Right. Take care. All right. Louisiana Delta Crop Report podcast is produced by the LSU Ag Center Extension Service. For more information, visit lsuagcenter.com or contact your local extension office.